0: Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Well, hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. One of my favorite days of the week because I get to ask you guys what you want to hear from me with Ask Riley. And y'all always come up with the best freaking questions Get my brain working, get my emotions working, getting my laughter working, all the things. Um, but before I get to that, I wanted to talk about the miracle that happened in the W household in the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> a lot of times in this Ask Riley, you guys will be like, oh, well, what's Marshall, my husband's flaw? Is there something wrong with him? Like, because you always say all these great things about him. And I'm like, oh, I joke and say, oh, well, the only thing that's wrong with him is that he snores. Because that is a big issue in our household because, man, like he's cutting fucking trees. Like it's 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 beyond like I, I, how that big old sound comes out of his little nose. Like I, I no idea. But it's always like because I am a very light sleeper and he can like he you could like you could wake the dead. Like you literally could like sound the alarms like a hurricane could come through our bedroom and he would still be fucking sleeping through it. And his snoring wakes me up and it makes me grumpy. So it's like we have tried ever a damn thing. Like he was tested for sleep apnea, doesn't have it. He tried to do like the nose strips. Of course those didn't work. Then there was like one that you stick them like in like whatever that cartilage is in between your nostrils. Like it looked like a little like like a bullhorn or like a little piercing. That didn't work. Then mouth guards didn't work. Then he's tried all of the sprays, all of the things. Like it was... Found by a doc that it was related to allergies, <clears throat> but no matter what, like, he just always ended up still snoring. So I thought about something the other day, like, I always do a uh, gua sha. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of that or not. I'm sure maybe some of you have, but it's just basically a very um old Asian technique where you take, like, a jade type, I don't know what you would call it, it's like a tool, and it looks like it's shaped to the curves of your face kind of. And you would like, you basically skim it along the sides of your face and your neck and some parts of your chest, like where your lymph nodes are. And it's supposed to like define the face and make it skinnier and increase circulation for all the good things like beauty wise. But for me too, like when I wake up early and I have a puffy face because of my allergies or like when I leave the fan on, cause that always ignites my allergies cause we don't dust it off as often as we should obviously, but it always like de-puffs me. And then one day I had like a lymph node or something in my throat that was super swollen. And normally this would freak me out and be like, oh God, what the fuck is that? But a long time ago when I moved to Nashville, I had the same thing and I was so scared. Like the doctors were like, oh, we don't know what it is. And, you know, I even had like, you know, ultrasounds of it to make sure it wasn't cancer, like all kinds of crazy shit. Turns out it was just fucking allergies because from what my host of the time said is that Nashville is just like a bowl of allergies. So when Marshall got that last week, I was like, hold on, let me wash out your face. And usually Marshall's not super open to my little remedies and things because he has a degree in exercise science. He knows all about supplements and, you know, he's very versed in all of that. So he's usually like, meh, meh, it's hocus pocus or whatever. I was like, let me just do it. And I think he was like freaked out by this ball of whatever in his throat as, yeah, I was too back in the day. So he let me do it. For the first damn time in three, four years, he didn't snore once. I The angels were fucking singing. I was like, I am going to manifest that this is not a fluke. So we did it the next night and boop, no snoring. What? I was in heaven. I actually got sleep. He got sleep. I wasn't kicking him out on the bed to go to the couch. Like, oh my God. But so then the next night I was like, well, you should probably like learn how to do this. Like, I don't mind doing it for him. It's actually kind of a cute bonding experience But I think I was doing podcast stuff and I was doing, we got this army stuff, which side note, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody that subscribed. I'm going to also get to that in a minute, but he did it like himself, of course, like he doesn't necessarily know exactly what he's doing. There's like, you know, you have all sorts of like places you have to hit. You have to do it a certain amount of times, a certain amount of pressure, to get the shit flowing in there. Cause the idea is that with lymph nodes, like in your face, neck, armpits, whatever, there's no way you for them to like expel, I guess, like the, the shit that's building up in there, unless you actually do it yourself. And he even said like when it was happening, like he could feel it like draining and you do, it's like a weird experience the first time you do it. And the more you do it, the less you, the less of a sensation it is. But I was just so so proud that there was finally something that I figured out that, like, he was believing in. But I'm very, very, very excited about this. Like, because the night that he didn't – I didn't do it snoring. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's got to be the Gua Sha. So you best fucking believe tonight we are going to Gua Sha that sucker. Um, But I also did a video that I'm going to put – because now I have a blog where you can see stuff um, at reallyrileypodcast.com. I'm going to put the video – Or like I'm going to put the product, sorry, up there that I use because there's a couple different ones. Like I don't want you to go and get the Gua Shas that are not actual jade that are like the plastic. People sometimes make it out of plastic or silicone. Like I guess those work. That's fine. But I like the ones that are actually the like either rose quartz or jade because it just gets a little bit more pressure. You can get the points better. But I also have this other one that I got for super cheap that's a roller but it looks like. I don't know. It looks like two balls, honestly. And it's got like, it's got like f- diamonded, not diamonds, but it looks faceted. And then it rolls along the sides of your face. Cause you can get a little bit more control. I like to do both. And what you do before you do the pr- procedure, the technique, whatever is you put some sort of facial oil oil. I have this, anyone that you like, but I have this one that is an organic mar- Marjuka. I can't say that word oil that I got for like six ninety nine at Ross. Um, any facial oil you want, but I want to put those products up at, Rale-la-la. I can talk, I swear I do it for a living, at Really Riley Podcast.com. Just click on the blog link. Um, and then I'm going to actually do the video tutorial of me doing it to myself and then doing it to Marshall so you can see proof that he actually does this or lets me do it and believes in it. I'm going to do that and I email it out to subscribers in the newsletter that I'm putting out every week for subscribers. So there's lots of perks going on with that subscription service, there's also going to be new audio that I'm going to put out there that, um, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like some of this stuff, I'm going to go Ooh, about it because sometimes there's stuff in really Riley or ask Riley that you'll ask that I'm like, do I want to answer that? And I do, but I need a little bit of like time and thought to put it in. And I also don't know that I want every single person just to hear some of this stuff because yeah let's face it there's some people that listen to hate a lot of people that listen to hate and i'd rather not share those things with those people I don't know. I got to think about that, but there are going to be some new audio pieces and fun things and just all kinds of tutorials. I'm also going to put together a beginner leg day for you guys, because forever you guys have been asking me to put together programs for you. I am going to do it under the guise of, I am not a personal trainer. I am not a strength coach. My husband is, I will probably consult his help on some of this. Um, even maybe sample meal plan plans. I'm going to do for subscribers because it also needs to be said that what i would give you as an example that doesn't mean that it's absolutely for you because i don't know your body weight you guys don't know mine and these are tailored for me so it would just basically be examples of meals you can do and then you would have to use your own discrepancy to how much and all of like how much you would eat and the caloric intake and all that but yes we have a lot of goodies coming along with the subscription to really rally podcast and it keeps the lights on if you will You know, because it's it's do or die now. Like, you know, keeping the house, keeping the fam together and keeping it to where I can keep this going and not have to go get a desk job. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So those of you that have signed up to be part of the We Got This Army, like thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you, Marshall thanks you, Lyric thanks you, Malin thanks you, like there should be seventeen thank yous instead of just my normal three. Um, so with the miracles talked about, and that said, let's get into your ask Riley's. Um, somebody said, not a question, just here to say you're awesome and keep rocking it, dude. Well, thank you, friend. Love you. Um, what has been the hardest part of watching lyric grow so far or the most emotional moment? Oh my God. (laughs) I tell y'all, y'all always know how to come with the heavy hitters, and it's usually the first one where I'm not trying to get emotional. <sighs> Let's face it, I'm a crybaby. So, uh, oh man, I think that it's not necessarily just like one moment that was hard. It's definitely been within like the last six months. Um, Because he's perceptive, he's very much a tender heart, and he. He's my best friend, you know, like I felt like even though I was 36, what was I now, 33 when I had him, like I felt like we grew it up together and I like became this we got this person because of him, 100%. It wasn't that the whole we got this thing was inspired by him when I was a single mom and I was scared and penniless and not penniless, but I was broke and just freaked out and doing it all alone and I used to just say to myself, we got this, we got this, we got this. And a lot of times, like, lyrics really in tune, whether I'm trying to fake it or not, that I have not been that great, and I've been scared. And at one point in the last few weeks, I forget when it was, I was irritated and frustrated about, like, some charge that had gone through on my bank account, and I was, like, mad because, you know, like, I thought I had canceled that and it should have been canceled, but it was like, it wasn't anything crazy amount of money, but every little bit helps. I think it was like $35 or something like that. And I was like, I just, I can't be affording for these things to be coming out. Like I was frustrated. And Lyric was upstairs and I wasn't realizing that he was hearing it. And he comes down and he's like, Mommy, I have $35. And I was like, What? He's like, In my piggy bank, I have $35. And he wanted to give it to me. And I was like, No, baby that's yours. He's like, no, but I want to give it to you. Like he was almost in tears that he wanted to give it to me. And I was like, baby, I don't ever want him to feel my angst or any of that, you know? And I know that he does, whether I try to hide it from him or not, because it's like that kid and I are just very in tune. I know that Melon and I will be too, but you know, I've had Lyric around a little bit longer, but he's just very, Focused on always making me feel happy and beautiful and safe. And I know it's supposed to be the other way around. And I do give him that too. But the fact that he is my little protector and just wants me to be happy and okay. like uh, I don't know what I did in another life to deserve that little boy. But he's fucking amazing. Um, fame or fortune? Hmm, definitely not fame. Like I used to always say back in the day people would ask me why I don't do TV, why I just did radio. Like, um, cause I love radio. always have, always will. But also like, I never wanted to be like per se, like famous, like in the way that, you know, Britney Spears would be, or like, you know, pink or like, you know, all the big actors or whoever, because I was like, I literally would have gone insane with the amount of like rises and falls. And even though I'm a tough ass cookie and I've, hopefully shown that and still trying to show that. I just think the scrutiny that comes with being that big, that rich, that known, the ups, the downs, the all arounds. I don't know that I would have been able to have any semblance of a normal life. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have been happy in it at all. So fortune for sure. And I don't think money makes everything. Cause I always say too, like I would never have wanted to be a Kardashian and have that much money which I need to stop saying that to the, because the universe hears me. <laughs> yes. I want to be a Kardashian and money flows to me and through me easily. And my f- family is financially sound, financially free. And I'm going to be a millionaire. Those are some of the affirmations that I say. Um, but I wouldn't want to be rich in the sense where nothing touches me. Like nothing impresses me anymore because like once you've had the million gajillion bajillion dollars, like what is, what, what's next type thing? Um, will you do fall scented crystal intention candles? Oh, yes, I will. I'm already looking to order my scents. We just got to get the, we got this fam, <laughs> like subscription stuff up. Um, but yes, I'm going to do fall ones. The fall is my favorite, you know, time of the year. I got married in fall. I just love the Christmas and the Christmas, Christmas, crisp. This, whatever i like the way that the air feels and smells speaking of which i already saw false shit in the dollar tree the other day i'm like are you kidding like we're still in summer we still have months I, like quit it quit making us rush through the seasons like damn summer already went like so fast it's not over yet but yes i have the cutest little pumpkin crystals i can't wait i have the cutest little apple crystals ah uh, yeah they're gonna be so cute um what is your favorite family tradition you started with Marshall and your boys? Um, this wasn't a tradition we did on purpose, but every year we go to the corn maze and we take a picture in front of it. Last year was a struggle because Malin didn't want to, but we did that the first year we were together. Um, like We have a picture for every like phase. We have a picture with just me, Marshall, and Lyric. Then we have a picture with um, me pregnant with Malin and Lyric. Then we have a picture with Baby Malin, and then we have a picture with like toddler Malin, and we'll get one every year. And I don't know why. Like, I just like those simple traditions like that because I feel like leading into the hustle and bustle of the holidays, everything gets expensive. A lot of things get stressful. I, I know that I might be a little bit humbug about that, but I like just those easy, simple things that don't cost anything and are just like a cool memory. You know, like that was what I always wanted and like family time, is those moments. So, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ever felt guilty or bad about supporting something that your friends didn't? How do you cope? Oh. Um, I don't know that I've ever supported something that my friends didn't. I guess I would need to know what you're talking about there. Because I've always been or felt bad about it. Like I've always been very outspoken about what I support and what I don't, you know, in, in real life, I guess. And even though I'm outspoken about it now, like in media, like you do have to be very respectful, very careful, very even keel. It's your job to do that. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have my views and whatever, but I, even having said that I've always been just, this is what I believe in. And that doesn't mean that, you know, because I support this, you have to. But I feel like, yeah, I need more context there. Ever felt guilty or bad about supporting something that your friends didn't, how do you cope? Well, I just feel like with real friendships, I don't, I don't know your friendships, I don't know what the context is, for goodness sake. um, You shouldn't have to do that. And if they don't believe the things you believe in, that should be okay too, I guess. Need to DM me with a little bit a little bit more words there cuz I feel like I didn't help. Um How do you know it's really over even if you have a family together? How do you know? Oh gosh. Um This sounds very simple, but I feel like if you're asking that question, it's pretty close. So I think there is a gut feeling, damn, this sounds so cheesy, but like that's in there that you start to know way before it's actually over. And it's something that grows even though you try to ignore it, even though you try to look past it, even though you try to work past it, it seems like you hit a dead end every single time you try. And it trickles. But then, for me anyway, one day, like, I had actually always been the person that got left. But the one time that I was in a different abusive relationship than the one that I was almost married to twice, he was just a little shit. Like, some of you guys have heard me talk on the air before about how I didn't get to go to Pink the first couple years that I was able to afford it because my ex-boyfriend, couldn't afford it and it was like there was no me going if he didn't go um because if I couldn't pay for him it would ugh that wouldn't hold a pocket he was like he wasn't physically abusive but he was like an emotionally abusive like manipulative person and I remember he would always just do this dumb shit and I would put up with it and you know over and over and over again and I remember one time he was having one of his fucking moments and I don't remember what I said to him or what he said to me, but like he was just having a moment and I said something snarky and he like went in my living room and there was like a down blanket on the floor and he kicked it and it was just a blanket. But I remember how dumb he looked kicking that like a four year old. And I just looked at him. I was like, you know what? We're over. Get out. And that was probably the 13th time we had like broken up, quote, quote, like in our little year and a half relationship and I was, but I remember just feeling stoic. Like finally just like I'm fucking over it out. And that's not like me. Like it takes me a long time to like leave a relationship, whether it's like friendship or romantic. Like it, like it, when I stop yelling and I stop fighting, that's when you got to worry when I'm losing my shit and I'm pulling my hair out, I still care and I still want it to be a thing. And maybe that's the feeling when you literally just don't have the fight or the yell in you anymore. And you, it's not like you don't care. It's not like you're not going to still go through hurt. But when you're just like, I don't have the energy to yell at you or fight for you or fight with you. I think that's how you know it's over. Whew. Yeah, buddy. Um, let's see what else you guys got. Um, favorite childhood memory. That definitely has to be, like, my years of ballet with my mom. Like, my mom was a ballerina. According to her, she had no turnout, which is a thing in ballet, if you don't know. And she was good, but not, like, phenomenal good or whatever. And I wanted to be just like her. So my mom would give me the most attention with dance. Um, My mom's kind of the one, like, if she's into it, she'll give you all the attention in the world. So... If not, then it's kind of like, meh. But I wanted that attention from her. So when I was in ballet, I was trying out for the Nutcracker, which was my first professional go at anything. Um, I was like 12. And my dance teacher was the director of Tampa Bay Ballet and Company at the time. So that was stressful because I was his student, and I didn't want to embarrass myself, my mother, or him, and I remember walking into this room, and I was so damn overwhelmed, it was like, I don't know, like four or five hundred dancers, older than me, younger than me, more skilled than me, like, doing triple pirouettes when I could just barely do two, maybe even one correctly, and I picked Like, I was in there for, like, five minutes, and I picked up my bag and walked out and started crying. And my mom was there, and she's like, what's wrong? And, you know, she was all confused. And, of course, my freaking dance teacher, Mr. Geiger was his name, like, saw me and walks over. And he was, like, caring but kind of just stoic, too. Like, what are you crying for? Like, he was a teacher that absolutely believed in me, but his way of believing me was being very hard on me. And I appreciate that now because I can understand it as an adult. Like, I was talented, but I didn't try as hard as I probably could have at that point. Who is that girl? But um, as much of a piece of shit as my stepfather was who raised me, not my mom's husband now, um, this was the one moment. This is such a multifaceted memory. This is the one moment that I remember him actually being there and saying something monumental that changed my trajectory. And this moment was probably one of the only reasons I was able to forgive him after he passed away. Um, he looked at me and he said, you go in there and you put your best foot forward and you go like, I don't even remember his exact words, but I can still see his face. I could still see his finger pointing in my face. Saying, like, you go in there and you do the damn thing, basically. And I remember I went back in. And I don't know what the hell took over me. I really don't. All of the fear left. And I remember this combination, like, doing this perfect pirouette that I hadn't ever done a pirouette like that before. And after the, you know, performance trials were over, they separated or they handed out envelopes. And they, like, separated people into two groups. And they were all, like, manila envelopes, so I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, for sure, we're the ones that are going to get cut. They're going to let us down easy. And, you know, they told us to open the envelopes. And when I opened it, it said, welcome to Tampa Bay Ballet Company. I about shit my pants. I couldn't believe it. And... I walked out and of course I did the bratty little thing where I was like kind of sad. I remember my mom's face. Like I'd never seen her so eager or so excited. And I slowly pulled out the letter and I said, I made it. And she, boa constrictor, hugged me bigger than I think she ever has and ever has since. And I'll never forget that moment. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, when will you reveal why were you, why you went to Arizona a month or two ago? I think that's where, yes, I did go there. Um, it was for a work situation, but I don't know that I, it's, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of things with the professional radio life that take a long time and I'm not going anywhere. Really? Riley's not going anywhere, but I will let you guys know as soon as I do. How about that? Um, What are you most proud of accomplishing since November when your world was rocked? Oh girl. Um, probably my vision board event that I did afterwards. And I know that was like not long after, but it was because I had always wanted to do a vision board event. I'd actually been bugging the station to do it for a while. Who knows why they didn't want to, maybe they already knew some I didn't. Um, but I was wanting so badly to like share this miracle that I had of manifestation with you guys. And I knew I still wanted to do it and I wanted to power through and do it my way. And because that way it was almost freeing because if you do it with somebody else with a station or with, you know, another whatever company that's like putting it on, you got to do it their way. But I wanted to do it my way because if you're sharing your intentions with somebody, what other way do you do it genuinely? And I so enjoyed and loved putting together all of the goodie bags for it. I loved, you know, I didn't necessarily love the process leading up because I was very scared that, you know, it wasn't going to sell out because I put up, you know, two grand of my own money to do that. And I was very scared. And side note, thank you to my We Got This Famous, sister Sherman, that like pushed and like got her friends to come out and everything because... Not only were there OG listeners that were there, but there was new people that were going to be there that didn't know me for anything. Like, they didn't, I didn't have that veil of radio being there to have people want to talk to me or hear what I had to say. So I was scared. I was like, who am I right now? I am still me, but am I still Riley Couture? Am I just Mrs. Weeder now? Because I don't have radio. And I was like... Well, fuck that. Like <laughs> I fought to have that name for so long, it's mine. Okay. Um, but I wanted to just give a great message and not have a message of fear anywhere. And something just fucking took over me when I started to talk about manifestation and tell my story in the place where I got married. And a lot of my manifestations started coming to life, and there were tears and there was laughter and tons of stories told people sharing things with me, me sharing things with them, like seeing my husband walking around, taking pictures and setting things up and being my like, you know, wingman or whatever. Like it was the kickstart to the stratosphere, stratosphere of me building a new life from ashes. And it was so exhilarating. And I think that the people in that room felt that from me because I was like I didn't think I'm a fucking fraud like what do I have to give to manifest you know I don't have my dream life anymore even though I I did think that but that's a that was a stupid way to think that just because I was rid of a toxic situation that my whole life didn't mean anything anymore that proved to me in that moment that no matter what people can't take from you what's meant for you that's what manifestation is all about so it was probably one of the most powerful manifestation moves I could have ever made it was it was perfect and I don't say perfect very often because I usually say there's no such thing as perfect but that day was pretty perfect um what's one piece of unexpected advice you'd give every bride for their wedding Ooh, unexpected I mean there's always the it's gonna fly by pay attention yes it will um expect one thing to go wrong that could ruin your day. It sounds very melancholy. For me, it was like when my bouquet came in and it was all kinds of fucked up and like I had to have it sent back and it was just a whole debacle. And it not—it sounds like drama, right? But I didn't give a fuck about flowers. The only thing I cared about was my bouquet and the girl's bouquet. Everything else, I didn't want to spend the money on it. But the little bit of money I did spend on flowers like was for that. And it was all screwed up and I was just like irritated and whatever. But somehow I was able to like snap out of that and not let it crush my day. I really thought that I was going to be like the things that you think you're going to care about, the minutia that you spend hours toiling over, you're not going to fucking care that day. You're really not. Like I didn't even look at the flowers in the room. Like I thank God we had good pictures and video. Like, I thought I was going to be so concerned about my veil being fluffed the right way. I wanted to take that fucking thing off the minute that I could, you know, like when the dress was on and I had hated the dress up until like the minute it was all together and lyric walked in. and was like, mommy, you look beautiful. It was oh, and all I cared about was getting to Marshall. Like I didn't care about anything else. And it, yeah, like that one thing is going to go wrong. And it's going to irk the shit out of you. But you have to find some way to go inside your zen space and not let it ruin any more minutes of your special day because it does fucking go by so fast. Like, my – I was just so happy. Like, I like there were things behind the scenes that happened that I just, like, I didn't even know until later. You know, like, I don't know what it is about weddings that brings out the fucking worst in people, but, like, honestly, expect also – to have at least one relationship, not maybe not maybe not ruined like somewhere for me, but like at least you're going to look at somebody sideways because that, like, oh my God, like why not just bring out the cuckoo, ca in people and all of a sudden it becomes all about them or there's jealousy that's there that you didn't know was there or there's just people that aren't really happy for you. Uh, you know, just like be prepared for some of that. I know that sounds melancholy, but you, you asked for unexpected, so there you go. Um, how tall are you? I'm five two and five two and a half, five three in a good day. Um, what if your spouse wasn't helping enough and it's making you have resentment? Ooh, okay. I mean, I think that that's probably a phase of marriage, or at least if you your sp- your spouse, yeah. So marriage, and I've only been married not even two years, so I'm not an expert in any of it. But like that, you go through those phases where there's ebbs and flows. Like somebody said something like. I saw this piece of advice on TikTok, of course, of these marriage counselors that say like, or maybe it wasn't marriage counselors. I don't know. It was some TikTok something or another. Maybe it was a famous person. Who knows? But that a successful marriage, sometimes you you have to, they would come in and their exercise was to say what number they were. Like they say that marriage is never 50-50. Sometimes it's 60-40, 70-30, blah, blah, blah. But when you walk in the house that day and you tell your spouse, like, I got 10 today. I got 10% or I've I'm at 70 or I'm at 80, whatever. So it's never like skewed the right way. But resentment seems like a acid to like the metal that is your marriage. You know, like it seems like the thing that can eat things almost as quickly as jealousy or insecurity or anything like that. And I don't love it when people are like, you have to tell your man what you want. Like, and I'm not, you know, I don't even know if that's a, a husband or a wife or, you know, I don't know which person it is in this scenario, but the people, I don't like it when people make excuses for people and they're like, oh, you just, um, you know, men are kind of don't, they don't know. If he wants to, he will. Same with, thing with her. If she wants to, she will. And yes, there is communicating your needs, but a lot of people will always say like, oh, Marshall treats you so well. And this always gets the reaction when I say this, but I, I said what I said. I, like, demanded it from jump. It wasn't like, you'll do this for me. But it was like, this is who I know I am. These are my flaws. I've talked to you guys about that before, where I literally sat him down before we decided to make it official or even have sex. Like, here's all the shit that's wrong with me. You can exit to the left if you can't deal with that. I didn't say it like that. I said it a lot prettier. And I was, like, petrified because I didn't want to lose him. But... I wanted to be that way from jump. And then once we established that, I was like, okay, I know what I have to give. I know what I bring to the table. I know what I want to give to him. But I was never going to fully give that until I knew that he could give it back. You know? And so for me, if there's like ebbs and flows where I feel like I'm not getting as much as I'm giving, or probably vice versa for Marshall, I go back to those times where I was falling for him and trusting that he was my person. And I remember that that's still going to be there because we're married. We have a family, you know, and divorce is not the option. So I trust that like I can try and quell that resentment a little bit as long as I go to my partner and they're receptive to hearing that they're not giving what I need. That's a real tricky thing to do when you're fucking pissed <laughs> is respectfully tell them what you need but if there's one thing I notice with Marshall it's like he I I get so much more with fucking honey than I do flies. But I get the flies like he doesn't really fight me back. I'm the fighter in the relationship like he will just he'll instead like okay my baby me to death and like kind of just tune me out. That's his way of fighting which irritates the fuck out of me but love him. Um if there is resentment breeding, like I feel like that's something that should definitely be brought to light and and smashed like a cockroach if possible. I'm not saying you don't have right to feel resentment. I'm just saying I feel like resentment is one of those fucking seven deadly sins in marriage. Um, hopefully that helps. Um oh shit, you guys saved the Oh wait. Is Lyric ready to go back to school? Um He hasn't really talked about it yet. He always gets excited about going to school. He really likes being in the classroom. He likes being around people. He likes learning. So I think so. It's second grade. Like how the fuck? Like Malin better slow down because I'm not ready. And I just saw this one. Save the best for last, for sure. Um, was it hard continuing the show after Kane's departure? Yes. Um, God, um, yes, because when you're sitting in that situation and you have two children and you have a family to support, what do you do? You walk away? Because that's the same reason why I said about my, I used to say my replacement, but like I said, I'm irreplaceable and like, this is an apples to apples, what I was walking into versus what is there now, um. But, oh my God, this is hard. And I do want to do like an entire podcast about some of this, and I'm going to. But um, I felt like I was betraying. Even though there was all of the things that were happening and brewing that some I didn't know, some I did know. Like I wasn't responsible for all of that. But I felt he was my Mecca forever. Like, he was as big as it got for me in the entertainment industry. I wanted to be just like him for a long time. Like, he was the un... the mountain that could never crumble. And and no matter what, like, even if he did crumble for a minute, he would come back. Like, I just... I did what I had to do and sometimes those decisions still haunt you, and that one does. Because I felt so sad that that's where it was. I felt such a sense of, like, loss and the end of an era, and I had no idea what would come after. And fucking believe you me if I did... I would have most certainly chosen differently. Because in some ways, I feel like, I don't know, I believe in karma. Maybe this was my karma. What happened to me in November? It, I don't regret doing the best I could for me and my family. And I don't think that there was more that I could have done to help him. I don't know that it would have been received the way that everything in his professional and life in general ended for him. And there's so much that I wish I could have said. Even when it was semi-good For a while, with the show that continued on, in the back of my head, I was always thinking of him and what he would say. Would he still be proud of me the way he was when he was alive? And in so many ways, like I wanted to be a person that would try to help continue to do radio the way that he did it, which was phenomenal. And no one will ever do it like him again. So yeah, there are so, so, so many things that I want to say about that man that I never have. And I know I keep teasing this and I just, I fuck it, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Like this would be a situation where I want to choose my words wisely and respectfully and openly and truthfully and not get sued but also give a window That hasn't been opened before. From my perspective and not anybody else. Asking me the questions and like the memories that were there that others don't know. The lessons that I learned from him that others don't know. Like the other side of all of that. That's another one that I don't know that I want prying ears to listen to. Call it. Oh, you're, I, you know that's another thing. The people are gonna say, "Oh, you're like uh, somebody had praised me for being the one, that, like the only one that didn't capitalize on his death," and that makes me shiver to ever think of doing that. I don't know that I agree that everyone else that are talking about has done that. I, I, ugh, ugh. you know, it's a very grody feeling to consider that, and that might be part of the reason why I haven't either. But I also feel as though. I do owe it to him in that way. For whatever I wasn't able to do when he was alive to stand up for him. Oh God, you guys really picked a good one to end the night with. Um, yeah, I am going to get into that. I know, I, I, uh, I know that I've said it a million times. I am a lot closer than I was before. It's just something that is. More and more prevalent in my thought process now. Because if there was ever one way that I could make him proud now, it'd be that. To, you know, let the forgiven lie and let all of the good things that were given from him come to light in a way. Ah, okay, yes, so... I don't know. Maybe you guys DM me and tell me what you think about that. Truthfully. And keeping it real, friends. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to end with a thank you, thank you, thank you because I don't want to end on that note. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you for you guys for being in my corner, for making my dreams still possible. I'm not a fucking pageant queen when I say that. I really fucking mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my We Got This army and my We Got This fam that has signed up to be a subscriber because literally you are keeping the lights on for this podcast. And it it just means the world to me now more than ever that it's just me and this mic and you. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, and I'd like to keep it going. Let's make it a movement, friends. Um, if you guys have an Ask Riley that you want to do really Riley podcast at gmail.com and side note, I think I might end up doing some of these really Riley's or ask rileys. sorry on TikTok and Instagram, like just to keep it further going. Um, and do me a favor. Don't forget to check out the blog at really Riley podcast.com. And while you're there, if you feel so inclined to sign up to be part of the, we got this fam, we got this army. I just finished some of the little welcome, um, packages and they're so cute and i hope you love them um there's more where that came from and if you want to hit me up on socials where, where it all started the dms are always open at really riley podcast at riley couture and at house of w by riley and then tiktok is riley couture seven i love you guys to the end of the earth and back again and i will talk to you on friday have a good uh night it's really riley